Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. Welcome to Multifamily Investing Made Simple in Under 10 Minutes. I am your host, Anthony Vecino of Invictus Capital, joined as always by Dan Kruger. Today, we are going to be taking a little bit of the complexity out of cap rates, the capitalization rate. And that's going to be a hard one to do in under 10 minutes, so wish us luck, because this is one of the most complicated and often confused and misunderstood terms in all of real estate, even by very experienced investors. So, Dan... Tread lightly as you take us through this. What is the cap rate? The cap rate. You could look up a definition pretty quickly on online. You just Google cap rate definition, and Investopedia will probably pop up first, and it'll give you a good definition. Uh, the way I describe it to people is it is the rate of return that the market is currently demanding for a particular asset class in a particular place, meaning uh, a brand new building in downtown Minneapolis is going to have a different cap rate than a really old building. And uh, a, lo- a property in Minneapolis is going to have a different uh, cap rate than something in Manhattan. Even if the assets are the same quality, those two locations, uh, they're just different markets and the cap rate's different. So it's the rate of return that the market is currently demanding for a particular asset class in a particular place. Um, and what that means is if you were to buy that asset uh, for all cash, uh, the cap rate represents what your rate of return would be on that. So if you bought something for $100,000 and it spits out um, an NOI of $7,000, then your cap rate is 7%. That's exactly it. And that that last little bit about the cash distinction versus debt is really important. That's the part that really trips up a lot of people. The, the cap rate is going to vary depending on asset class. That's first foremost. Uh, if we're looking at multifamily, the cap rate in Minneapolis in the North Loop, it's going to be different than if we're looking in Minneapolis in the Uptown area. It might be sl- pretty similar, but it's going to be slightly different as well depending on the neighborhoods or the class. So if you're looking at a class A property, then the amount of return that the market's typically going to be able to expect for that is going to be less than if we're looking at, say, a Class C property. And that makes sense because the Class A property is probably nicer, more stabilized, has less maintenance and issues related to it. So the cap rate on a Class A building in Minneapolis might be 5%, whereas the cap rate for a C class might be 7% as, a, as just a, a point of um, context there. Now, the 7%, the 5%, this is also where the cap rate gets a little tricky. It's a little non-intuitive. The smaller the number of 5%, that's actually better in terms of the multiplying effect on the net operating income. So it's better if you're a seller. Yep. If you're a buyer, it's better to have the higher 7% if you're purchasing. So let's think about that in relation to how we value a building. That formula is net operating income divided by the capitalization rate. So Dan, let's say we have an NOI of $100,000. 
and we have a cap rate of 5%. Oh, you mean like this? Oh, actually, oh, look at wow. that. Okay, so for you listeners at home that can't see this, we have pulled up a spreadsheet, and remarkably, I guessed the numbers correctly. I had no idea, actually. This is pretty cool. So let's say the NOI here is $100,000, and if our cap rate's 5%, then that means our building is valued at $2 million. If the cap rate is 7%, so the only number changing here is from 5% to 7%, then the building's value goes down to $1.4 million. It drops by $600,000. So you can see if we're buying a property, we want that higher cap rate because the building's going to be valued at less. We can buy it for less money. If we're the seller, we want the lower cap rate because then we're going to be able to get more for our money. Yeah. And people who have any experience with bonds, this concept might be a little bit easier to grasp. But really what this is an example of is an example of just a free market and and really basic economics, supply and demand. If the market starts to demand a higher rate of return for that same asset, meaning if the market all of a sudden needs to get 7% instead of 5%, that means that the demand is theoretically decreasing. There's no buyers willing to accept a 5% return. Buyers are only stepping in when that return is 7%, which means the price has to come down for that $100,000 to be a high enough rate of return for people to to want to buy it. So it's a really counterintuitive example because we're so used to thinking when we see the word rate, like rate of return, we think bigger is better, higher is better. But yeah, when you're buying something, you actually want the cap rate to be uh, pretty high because that means you're getting a, a lower price. And then once you own it and in the future, you'd like to see that cap rate come down so that the market's willing to accept a lower rate of return on the asset, meaning they're willing to pay a higher price. Now, here's the mistake a lot of people make when it comes to the cap rate is they say something along the lines of, I only look and purchase at a seven cap. That's wrong. Like It presumes that you can only make a certain return at a certain cap rate, which isn't the case. People complain all the time. They're like, ah, the cap rates are compressing. You can't get a, you're getting C-class properties now for a five cap. It doesn't really matter when we're talking about value-add properties, first of all, because the cap rate kind of just, it's, it's a baseline for the purchasing and exiting. But once we go in there and we start adding value to the property, the whole picture changes. And so I would not get too hung up on saying, I buy at this cap rate or that cap rate. There's money to be made at a three cap. There's money to be made at a 10 cap. If that's one of your your defining metrics, you're, you're looking at it through the wrong lens because your goal is to go into these properties, add value, decrease expenses, and that's going to drive and change the the functional cap rate of what you purchased it at. So let's, let's really quickly, if uh, we have a mom and pop owner and they've been doing a really bad job of operating their property, then the cap rate might look really, really low. And you say, no, that's not a very good deal. But you can go in there and add so much value because they've been mismanaging it. And now that cap rate is going to change over time. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I will say for people out there who are investors, uh, passive investors looking at you know multiple different deals from different operators, be aware that the importance of the cap rate changes depending on the deal. Like if you're getting a value-add deal, the cap rate you purchase a property at going in is almost irrelevant basically because of what Anthony just said. It really becomes more important on that type of deal. What's the cap rate in the market now and what's the cap rate projected at in year five or whenever the sale is projected to be or the refinance? You know, What are they assuming, the operator assuming about the market? If they've got cap rates going down, they're basically saying the market's going to keep going up and getting better, which you know might be accurate, might not be, but you want to be aware of what they're expecting, you know, what are their assumptions and their projections. 
Another thing I want to point out real quick is I've had people ask me uh, where the cap rate comes from, like who decides, like where can I find this? And it's really just an aggregate of all of the market data. Where do the things trade? That's where the number comes from. So it's moving. It's it, Real estate's relatively illiquid, so there's sometimes there's not a ton of transactions to go off of. So it's not like there's just a something that's been decided by some higher power that, okay, Minneapolis is a five cap. It's just where things are trading. So it's real-time data from the market. If you want a deeper dive into this, I would check out the longer episode that we did with Charles Dobins, where he talks about how cap rates are the most important factor in a real estate deal. So go check out that episode. Make sure to hit that like button, go leave a five-star review, and we will catch you guys next week. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.